1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Invested. I'm Danielle Town. Today, we're going to play one from the vault for you because it's on inflation, and that's on all of our minds these days. So, check this out, enjoy, and we'll be back next week with more mongerisms. Enjoy inflation. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Phil Town.
1: And this is Danielle Town.
0: And we're here for the Invested Podcast. Where we... <laughs> Everybody who's listened to this thing for 180 times knows exactly what I'm going to say, kind of. <laughs> We've what gotten so about- many
1: emails from you guys going, God, we love the podcast, we love the content, we mm-hmm. love you guys, mm-hmm. but um, maybe the intro could use a little tightening. Where- like, everyone's yeah. so nice about it, you all.
0: I <laughs> but- think if we were professional we would have a really tight and there'd be some music we'd have music
1: oh god dad our, so, our intro music it's it's not good it's not okay good. let's we should let's get some just
0: better say, let's just say that what this podcast is about is about investing the way i've done it 30 some years the way danielle's learning how to do it she's my daughter and my humble opinion is that this is really just investing. This is what investing is.
1: Hmm.
0: That you figure out the value of the business based on a pretty good idea of what the future cash flows that you're going to be able to put in your pocket are. And you pay some value of that. You, you know, you some amount today that you're willing to pay for all of that in the future. That's the basic idea. And that leads us brilliantly to continue in our discussion of owner earnings, which is not going to be found in your accounting book.
1: Oh my, I loved that segue. <laughs> All
0: right, Bitcoin. In my, in my humble opinion, basically no one understands Bitcoin.
1: That is clear by your tone of voice. Right. So no, and I don't, I don't understand Bitcoin either, but I know exactly why that guy thinks he understands Bitcoin, whoever oh, that guy good, is. Good, good. And I understand I like the perspective, and I, I get why so many people think they understand Bitcoin and don't understand burrito making, as you put it. Right. So the reason is that Bitcoin is a currency, and they can understand a currency, and they can understand that it's an electronic currency that's not controlled by any government that's what they understand. They, okay. they don't understand the value of it. They oh. don't understand why it's going up and down, but they understand what it is and how it works and that it's something that they think is going to be useful in the future.
0: And I, so when people I, like Jimmy Diamond and Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger say things like, I think in Munger's view, roughly speaking, paraphrasing, you're an idiot if you put your money into Bitcoin. That's roughly These guys, these guys
1: don't know who Jamie Dimon is or okay, Charlie Munger. Know, Jay,
0: he runs JP Morgan. Dimon is like perpetrating a fraud. That's Bitcoin. They, people who think it's a currency, and I, I'm, I don't understand Bitcoin. So maybe it is a currency. Maybe it isn't a currency. Maybe it's just a fancy way of checkbooks. I don't know. But what I do know is some really smart people are saying very clearly, that either Bitcoin's full of crap or they simply don't understand it at all. So what I'm wondering is how these other people think they get it, that it's a currency, number one. And number two, in other words, a currency is something that you can hold value in and exchange it for goods and services. I suppose you can, basically, although in the New York Times, I saw that it took some guy 12 hours and $88 To buy a pizza with Bitcoin. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, and obviously it's not accepted everywhere. But that's not, that's, that's, you're going into a level of logic that people who say things like, I can't understand stocks, but I understand Bitcoin, do not go into.
0: Right. So I
1: completely agree with everything you're saying.
0: Okay, far out. So when we say we understand something, and when we're talking about investing our hard earned money, what, we should understand what we should mean by that. That should mean something, right? And what I think it should mean is that you understand it as a, as a business that you can put a value on or anything, a thing you can put a value on. And that value will be retained over time or even increase in time. Yeah. And that's where, to me, it's like just Bitcoin just comes off the rail. I mean, I I don't know how you would understand what the value of Bitcoin is. How would you know? There's no way to know because it's not, it's like understanding the value of the yen or the value of a dollar or a value of the Argentine peso or the value of gold or the value of a diamond. It's like, you're just going to understand it compared to something else. And those things can change radically over time.
1: Yeah, well, right. I think you understand currency based on what's backing it up. And the big issue many people have with Bitcoin is that nothing is backing it up.
0: <laughs> right. But then, of course, you can say, what's backing up the euro? Well, you've got uh, well, the central bank that can. The central banks make of make all the countries.
1: Room. And, right. Well, you said euro, so, you know, but I, yeah. I was going to say the militaries.
0: Of those, and, and you features. have, and you have the. Uh, it's a a currency. That was a, was that was a
1: European it. joke, Dad. You missed oh, it. Geez,
0: I missed it. <laughs> I was thinking that what what else defines a currency is that you can pay your taxes in it, and that's actually quite important. Oh, that that's a really
1: interesting point. else. That's a very interesting but, point. You could pay your taxes in
0: it. Yeah, it's the, the yeah, and that that really does support currencies to a large degree because the government says no, I'm just not going to take. Right, you know, Bitcoin to pay taxes. You're gonna to have to come up with something else. Yeah. So, okay, we don't want to get all hung up on Bitcoin. What we do want to say is that there's a big connection. Watch this segue. Go there's for a big it. connection between owner earnings and value, and there is no owner earnings in a currency or in a commodity like gold or silver. They're just which is or, or a painting like a Picasso or a you know a, a beautiful grand piano. There's there's no Earnings there that you can count on in the future, and because there's no earnings that you can count on in the future, you have no way to define it except in terms of what some other person might pay for it in the future. That's all you have hmm. is an is a speculation that somebody's going to pay for it in the future. And this is where we don't we try not to speculate. I mean, obviously we do do speculation. I, I speculate in things all the time. But I know the difference between when I'm speculating in something and hoping it goes up versus knowing to a high degree that I've got a purchase price far below the value of this thing. Hmm. That's such I,
1: a, I have a hard question.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, because of our just now Bitcoin conversation. So you just said looking at owner earnings, you can determine. What to pay for a company because of what you, what kind of cash you will get out of it at some divine defined point in the future. Did I just say that correctly?
0: Yeah, there are some companies you can do that with. There are many companies where I simply don't know. There's right, just too right. speculative. But right. some companies, not to beat Chipotle to death, but I can get a high degree of. High
1: degree of confidence. Okay. Yeah. So here's the question, since we were just talking about currencies. Buffett often says that if you don't want to do the work and the practice to learn about individual companies and make your own investment choices, he recommends simply buying the U.S. A U.S. stock index. And he says that that is essentially a bet on the U.S., on the US doing better in the future. Not at any given point, it's gonna go down, it's gonna go up, but overall, that over a long period of time, the US will do better in the future, and Buffett thinks that's a good bet. Now, here's the question. Would then, betting on the US dollar be the same kind of bet? I'm betting that the US is gonna do better in the future, therefore, a way to do that in addition to, or maybe instead of buying the index, would be the currency itself.
0: Well, that's a really insightful question. And the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a very, very insightful question because, but the reason it's no is because if it's yes, then you have to make a very important assumption. And that is that the value of the dollar will rise with the increase in earnings of exactly. all companies in the United States. Exactly. And since the value of the dollar is massively intervened into by the Federal Reserve, who for their own clever reasons may choose to devalue the currency over time, which in fact they've done ever since the Federal Reserve was put into business back in the 1900, early 1900s, they have managed to devalue the US dollar about 96%. Hmm. of the value of the U.S. dollar is gone compared to where it was in 1918. So they have chosen over this long period of time to make the dollar buy about, you know, what four cents used to be.
1: Isn't that just inflation? And are you saying that because they sent?
0: Inflation. Okay. They are doing it on purpose to make people feel richer. That gets politicians elected. Yeah, that keeps stability. So they they love to have about three or for two to right now. The Federal Reserve is loving to get about two percent inflation. They're actually intentionally creating two percent inflation, hmm. which cuts the value of your money in half in thirty six years.
1: But that's quite low inflation historically, right?
0: Nonetheless, in a hundred years, you've cut your money in half three times. Mm-hmm. So you know it's like. If you, if you plan on having inflation over time and the inflation rate runs 3%, you're cutting the value of your purchasing power of the dollar in half every roughly, you know, 18 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you think about a lifetime, like, like sticking around 60 years as an adult, that's three times you get the value of your money cut in half.
1: Tell me about it. It is so freaking depressing. I mean, that's that's the reason I had to start learning investing because of stupid
0: inflation. Exactly. I mean, just just that level of inflation, nothing too onerous. And, you know, a dollar buys 50 cents in 20 years, and then it buys 25 cents in 40 years, and then it buys 12 and a half cents in 60 years. So your original money you put under your mattress now buys 12 and a half cents worth of stuff. Yeah. And the, meanwhile, of course, the earnings, uh, the real earnings, the real dollar earnings of U.S. corporations has risen and risen and risen if the next hundred years is like the last hundred years. And that's what Buffett's betting on. He he's basically saying, please do not put your money in cash. The The way the government handles your cash will will be terribly detrimental to your future uh, retirement capability. and you need, therefore, to put it into the S&P 500 so that it is not decimated by government policy.
1: Hmm. I mean, that's what made me start this whole thing, is this realization. I just always thought of inflation as kind of like a whatever, like a normal, decent thing. Well, I don't really care. And when I found out <laughs> this is the connection nobody ever says to you, what that means is that the value of your money goes down automatically without you doing anything anything wrong. And the only way to even stay even, not make money, not do better. The only way to even stay even is to take action on the money you have. Yeah. I mean, otherwise you're just sort of dribbling down year by year without doing anything wrong. It's 100% right. Like, I don't know why this
0: isn't on billboards across the world. It should be on billboards. But if your government isn't going to teach it in school because it's public schools and they don't want children to look at the, the destruction of wealth that happens if people count on...
1: Oh, no, but I mean, inflation happens whether or not governments intervene it doesn't it doesn't happen as evenly governments intervene to keep it as even and slow and non-rocky as possible
0: well i I totally agree that if you're a historian you look back in time all the way the roman empire probably the empires before that and you see that nearly without exception there's inflation yeah you see that they have the gold standard and then you see that they're they start to cut the gold that's in the coins
1: yeah they start Which, to come up with silver coins that no, represent
0: no. something a little different. Exactly. and I mean, governments just can't help it. But it isn't, actually, it isn't actually in the nature of commerce. It's in the nature of governments and politicians. The nature of commerce doesn't require inflation. Um, in fact, we can see that. The United States fought inflation as a country extremely well for 100 years. From the time we were founded until the early 1900s, when we decided to get in the business of having a central bank, which could then print money uh, to whatever degree it wanted to, that whole 120-year period of time, we had a couple of big spikes of inflation, but basically, twenty dollars of U.S. money would buy an ounce of gold for a hundred years.
1: Are you serious? Blowing yeah. my mind. I think I need to write a master's thesis on inflation. Yeah, it's so interesting.
0: It's really, truly extraordinary how little inflation there was in the United States' early history. And it wasn't until the Federal Reserve came in to solve the problems created by not having a central bank, by not being able to soften the blows of of the economic cycle, right? We've got this boom and bust cycle that would happen. Um, and so, to soften those blows, they got together on a little island, in Georgia, and came up with this idea, and they stuck it through. And See, um, man, ever since then, the dollar has been going down in value against its buying power.
1: So you're saying that the virtuous cycle of inflation still happened, but just in much smaller increments.
0: Well, if you if you if I'm right, that's really close. That twenty dollars of U.S. currency in in 1800. Um, and $20 of U.S. currency in 1900 would buy the same amount of stuff, would buy an ounce of gold, then there was basically almost no inflation for 100 years.
1: Wow. So I guess the next question would be, what would gold buy?
0: Well, gold... Because I wonder if
1: that changed.
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting. When you can exchange a dollar for gold whenever you want to at any bank, which is what you could do all across the first 100 years of the United States it's basically saying a dollar and gold are synonymous.
1: I guarantee you there are books on this.
0: Oh yeah. And if anyone
1: listening is an economist who knows about the history of inflation in the U S please write us an email questions at investedpodcast.com. Let us know.
0: Yeah. And this is not to say there's not really good reasons for having a central bank, which can then loosen up the money supply, which can then make cash available for people to expand their businesses when if dollars and gold are synonymous you can't just print gold and so where do you get some more money if you want to borrow it to start your business so there's some really powerfully good things about central bank and fiat money printed money right but but one of them is not uh that they hold their value historically they just don't
1: yeah interesting you got
0: it they drive you into investing. You have to invest your money. And Warren basically says, if you're not going to learn this stuff, if you're not going to learn the ability to distinguish between a company that produces really good owner earnings and one that destroys owner earnings, you really just need to buy SPY. It's the, the S&P 500 index. And be good with it. Just buy it every month. And, and uh, in the long run, you'll be very glad you did. If you start when you're 25 years old, by the time you're 65 years old, you'll be quite wealthy. In real terms, in real buying power terms.
1: If you buy the index is what you if just you said.
0: buy the index and don't ever stop. And by the way, it's not that easy to buy it every month because sometimes it's going to be going down like a brick. Yeah. And everyone's going to be afraid of buying it. And if you don't do it then, then you're really failing to take advantage of the best time to buy. And of course, that's when people get freaked and they need their money so they don't do it. So um, it's, it's a great theory, just buy the SPY and never stop. Uh, but in practice, if you'd done that in 1929 and had the courage to buy it again in 1931, 30, 31, 32, you would have been buying the market at 400, and then you would have been buying it at 80, or <laughs> 70, 40. And that's really hard to do. It's like everyone is screaming, get out, get away from the market. It's going to go down to zero, you know? And yeah. of course, that's our mentors started investing aggressively. That's when Ben Graham aggressively invested. Uh, and, and that's the history of rule one type investing. So this is really interesting. We, we did go off on a tangent here, but oh, I think it's totally. a really good tangent.
1: It's so good. I'm so interested. I just love learning about this stuff. Like how, why choose certain kinds of investments and how do they relate to each other? And, and I, the history of, of how... I don't know. Money changes.
0: Well, there's a lot buried in this very simple knowledge that you buy a company that you understand, which has a durable competitive advantage. Those few words right there are so loaded. They're like a nuclear weapon. They're the They're words so from
1: Charlie cool. Munger that we've based all of our work together on.
0: Yeah. And and they mean that you end up with a company which has such uh, the ability to protect its its profits and its margins and its pricing like a Coca-Cola or somebody like that. And what that means is when inflation really cranks up, it's not just 3% anymore. It's like where it was in 1980, like running 12% a year. God, I mean, goodness. really ripping when that's happening. Coca-Cola has so much marketing power. It has such a durable competitive advantage that it can raise its prices as the cost of sugar is going up 12% a year, which is its main ingredient. So it can pay that extra money, raise its prices and people will still buy Cokes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay. And that, I mean, that's why we say durable competitive advantage, but the result is you have a kind of inflation proof portfolio, Uh much more so than the S and P 500. So you end up with the best companies of, uh, of the, uh, of the biggest companies in America, which have incredible pricing power. And that's what we want. So that's what I'm teaching. Love you, it.
1: God, yeah, great sales pitch, dad. You, oh, thank you hooked me a little bit there.
0: So we still didn't get to owner we earnings. We didn't
1: get to owner earnings. But, but, you know, it's such a huge conversation. I, I'm, I'm I find it fascinating. And I'm glad that we talked about the underpin, under, underpinnings of it because owner earnings is complicated and it's hard. And as we said last time, we, Wrote up the idiot's version of it because Buffett, Warren Buffett, is the guy who has come up with this calculation that he has not fully explained. So you and I really talked and thought about what to put in our book, and and we came up with our version of owner earnings, and that's what we want to
0: and next time explain. what Warren Buffett means when he didn't explain what he meant to explain.
1: Yeah, well, it's, I think it's going to take us a few episodes obviously.
0: I'm actually um, being facetious because there's no way if Buffett oh. doesn't explain it <laughs> that, I, that I'm ready to explain it for him. There's no chance. But uh, I'll get well, you in the back We are background. going
1: to explain our calculation yes, I'm that I'm using that. for my investing.
0: And I feel pretty confident that if the company's relatively simple, our way of doing it will work pretty well